It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Now, here's your host, Casey Hendrickson. Wise Money deserves wise legal counsel. Powered by Ledoux, Curran, and Keene. On the web at lck-law.com. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. I want to thank you for tuning in today. Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory are joining us. I want to remind everybody that if you have a question, you can call and leave a voicemail at 574-222-2000, or you can go to wisemoneyradio.com. Submit your question there on the website. Of course, you can listen to previous shows that we have done as well. Now, later on, we're going to be hitting those listener questions, and they, they seem to center around taxes since it's that time of year. And uh, I want to just get into We're doing we're launching a whole series here. And what is it, seven, eight episodes I think we're going to get into. And we're going to give a quick intro today. And we're going to talk about the seven biggest life transitions that people actually face and what the financial planning issues are with each one. So, Josh, why are we talking about this today? Well, for those of you that have been listening to this show for quite a while, you know that the whole reason we're on the air every Saturday morning is just to help get you thinking in a more comprehensive way about your financial decisions. And you've heard us explain, uh, you know, that your whole financial life can be broken down into six key areas or six key disciplines. And uh, today we want to, to hopefully show you how those six areas or six disciplines can be applied in real life scenarios. Yeah, I was having a, uh, a conversation with someone recently about the reasons why someone suddenly gets really focused on their finances and they care more about having an overall plan in place. And um, I, I think it's it's generally event-driven for most people. It, it's they're getting to some point in life where they've, they're facing a game changer, they're in uncharted territory, facing new decisions that they've never had to make before. And what we've discovered is that a lot of these new situations are actually predictable in people's lives. In fact, we believe, as you mentioned, that there are seven key transitions that adults go through in life, and they can be potentially very stressful. It's an unfamiliar situation, and that's the time to be seeking wisdom. So these seven crossroads, if you will, or seven points in life where you're you're entering a new chapter, um, they can be you know overwhelming at times. There are times when you may be facing. Uh, harder decisions, new risk, you're prone to make more mistakes. And so we wanted to spend some time uh, thinking comprehensively uh, because taking a comprehensive approach at these seven transitions is really important. So today we're basically just kind of highlighting the, the new series that you just mentioned and hopefully just kind of whetting everybody's appetite, introducing these seven transitions that uh, you need to be planning for. Now, before we dive into this a little deeper, Mike, what are those seven transitions that we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks? Yeah, so, and it's not an all-inclusive list. I mean, there are some big transitions. So changing a job or losing a job or uh, receiving some sort of inheritance or something like that, or having a big major health change in your life. Now, those are big transitions as well. But but we've kind of narrowed it down to seven key transitions that, yeah, we as adults typically will face, and, and they're somewhat predictable. So it, those seven, and we're going to get into them a little bit deeper as we go through the show today, but the first one is transitioning from your college years to your career. So that's number one. The second is transitioning from being single to married. The third, <laughs> remember this one, being married to having kids. Shocks your whole world, everyone. So that's the third. <laughs> that's a game changer. Being right? married to having kids. Uh, the fourth, 
your kids entering college. That's an, that's a transition. Uh, the fifth, when those kids are out of college and you're now an empty nester. The sixth one is being an empty nester going into retirement. That's a huge transition. Everyone thinks of that when we're talking about this, but that's number six. And then the last one is going from being married to single again. So that's an introduction. And this whole show is going to be an introduction. We are not going to be able to dive in as deep as we want and hit all of the issues with each of these. But we're going to talk about the key facets with each of them, at least at a high level, breeze through all seven, and then stay tuned. Over the next seven weeks, we're going to be talking about each of these transitions for the entire show and all the issues and financial implications that you need to be aware of as you're facing these transitions. And we want to remind everybody, this is like the primer introductory episode of the series. Each week following this, we're going to go into each of these seven life transitions in great detail. So there's some people listening right now, guys, that are probably like, well, I just, you know, I heard the list that Mike read off and yeah, one or two of them apply to me, so I'll only listen to those episodes. What do you, what do you guys have to say to people who might not be listening to all of them? Well, I think it's it's natural to find the stuff that's immediately applicable in your life just more interesting. Especially right? Mike showing so little faith in people's marriages. You got it. I mean, there is... <laughs> Wait, what? We're, we're going to have to explain that one. Um, no, it, as Mike said, though, we're going up 10,000 feet and trying to show people the lay of the land, and, and hopefully they'll get a sense for... The things that you're doing in the earlier transitions in life, you know, when you're first getting started in your career, for example, some of the disciplines that you put in place, some of the good habits, the elements of your financial plan, they will serve you well in later stages as well. So even if right now you're in a specific stage, there's a good chance you're going to face multiple other transitions in the future, and you may as well learn ahead of time. I'm going to confuse everyone, and and the reason why I would still pay attention is your past influenced your present and it's going to show up in your future. That's what I deep. mean what I mean by that that's deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by that is we're all building financial habits. Uh, a few months ago I was flying back from Florida, I had a conference and I was sitting next to a guy who was rather chatty, uh, made for a fun trip, but he was talking about his kids and whatever and he said something just a kind of off comment just real quick said it's amazing how quickly we get set in our ways. And I'm like, man, Hmm. that is so accurate. And financially, that is so true. And so if you see, you you find yourself just squarely in one transition and you really don't want to listen to the other ones, no, the habits that you're building right now, they're going to influence your readiness for those next transitions. So listen up and pay attention through the whole thing. You're going to get stuff out of it. Yeah, I would encourage people to listen to all the episodes. If you can't for some reason, or there's one that you want to listen to in particular, remember you can go to wisemoneyradio.com and you can listen to past episodes. And I was looking at where those are hosted and I looked at the number of listens that we've had and I was telling my wife and I was so excited and she said, well, it's probably just your dad. So <laughs> I said, as faithful and committed as dad is, I don't think he could listen that many it's times. thousands, right? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing. That's so. awesome to hear that. All right, so let's dive into the first life transition. Josh, 
What's the first one? Well, the first transition that we go through as adults is really our transition into adulthood. It's the move from school to career or the preparation stage to actually earning a living. And for some people, that's obviously a transition from high school to a trade or business. For others, they, um, they, they take a route through college or graduate school. But the mistakes that people often make in this first transition Uh, They're pretty common, and I'll throw out a couple of them and then maybe some things that you ought to be building into your financial life. First mistake that I would highlight is starting to enjoy the fruits of their labor immediately instead of using what they earn to help them build more financial freedom into their life. In other words, there's a lot of folks that are coming out of school, you, you know, young men and women, they're, they're adults, they're out on their own, and they start making money and think, I'm free. Right. I can do what I want. I have the money for the first time in my pocket and I'm ready to start having all that fun that I couldn't have when I was a student. And the reason that that's a risk is you're building those habits that Mike was uh, was mentioning. And if you right out of the gate get used to living off every dollar that you earn, you're going to struggle your entire financial life. Okay. Mistake number two, though, would be um, not waiting, or, or some people do wait, until they're middle age. You know, they're further along in life before they finally get serious about their financial life. They don't have a plan in the early years, and it's one of the reasons why so many young people can be just kind of adrift financially, and I, I think it's a mistake. So the things I would encourage you to start building into your financial life, These are things that we'll expound on in in future episodes here, but set a goal for repaying your student loans. Kevin was reminding me uh, of a story. When I got out of college and and he and I were uh, getting partnered up together, um, Kevin challenged me to take the 18 grand that I owed in student loans and just pay it off in 18 months. And, you know, it's a thousand bucks a month that I was going to be just, just knocking out. And he made that challenge to me without knowing what my budget was. In other words, set the goal and then build the budget around it. And that's exactly what we did. And uh, those were some of the most productive, meaningful times in our financial life. And it was fun to hit that goal, mostly because it built a genuine hatred for debt. When you work hard at getting out of debt, it builds something into your character that says, man, I don't ever want to go back to that again. And as students these days, unfortunately, one of the realities is that they're coming out of college, coming out of graduate school with these mountains of debt, and they just settle into a real slow groove and take their time paying it off, and they're not aggressive enough. So budgeting is a natural second thing that would come out of that goal to pay off your loans quickly. Um, thirdly, I would say get started capturing your company match on retirement plans right out of right out of the gate. And then for many people, they need to get at least a basic estate plan in place where even if all you did was have a power of attorney and a healthcare representative appointed, and that's probably mom and dad at this stage in the game, unless you're, you're married, um, having someone who can transact business or make decisions for you if some kind of tragedy keeps you from doing it yourself. I'd love to add two things to this. When you turn 18, because this whole transitioning into an adult, you turn 18, you start getting some mail, don't you? <laughs> mm-hmm. You start getting, the, oh, you're pre-approved. Yeah, right. And Avoid then the people card. start taking out those credit cards. But then something else happens if you go to college. You know, when you go to college, you're all registered, and it's the first day, and you're walking down that main you know, that main sidewalk, and everybody's lined up on the side. Oh, join our sorority or our fraternity or yeah. this club or that club. Well, intermixed with all of that is everybody trying to give you credit. 
everybody trying to give you credit cards and phones and all this other stuff. And my wife actually had an account. She just, she signed up to get them out of her hair on her first day. She never activated the card. They sent her to collections for the full balance of that card. And it took us years to get that thing removed off of her credit. And she never activated the card. She never spent the dime on it, but because she had signed up, they had actually sent her to collection and said she owed them money. So it took us a long time to get that off of her credit report. Hmm. Be careful with your finances and going into debt. They make it so easy when you're 18, 19 years old. And uh, that goes right into everything that Josh was was saying. Because, hey, you're a poor student. Oh, I got a credit card. Okay, I can go to the club tonight. I can get a pizza here. I can get a pizza there. Next thing you know, it's a couple of couple of grand and it becomes a big problem for the rest of your life or at least for a good chunk of it all right we're going to talk about the other six areas of major life transitions coming up you're listening to wise money with core and financial group here on news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Mike, stop laughing. Sorry. I'm sorry. The audience doesn't know what you're laughing about. Okay. <laughs> We're talking about the Dumb seven. Corhorn jokes. There. Yes, yeah, yes, the dad jokes in between the commercial breaks. We apologize. Fine this, humor. The seven big life transitions that most people will go through. And this is the introduction to a whole series that we're going to be doing here on Wise Money. So over the next several weeks, tune in. Each week, we are going to focus on one of these. So right now, we're kind of giving you the lay of the land on all of them. So we left off with the first one, which is kind of transitioning into an adult, which is, of course, the saddest time in anybody's life. That's right. You don't realize it until you're 30, but trust me, it's the worst <laughs> part of your life. So now... Kevin, what's the second life transition that most people are going to be dealing with that changes their financial picture? So the second life transition is going from being single to being married. So as you think about the mystery of two becoming one, and in my experience, it's only by the grace of God that this works. But this should be a very exciting time in your life. And I've been told, well, think of this idea of, Two porcupines getting into bed together. Oh, stop! It. So it's a little, <laughs> it's a little bit. It can be a little bit tricky, but that that is why this the, the whole love and the emotions that run so strong can be helpful uh, uh, early on, as as the the coming together can be a little bit challenging. So what I would encourage you to do as you're looking at this transition and you're very excited, you're pumped, and you're making all kinds of plans. The first thing I would say is. Number one, set a budget for your wedding. Set a budget for your wedding and don't spend any money that you don't have. And don't spend any money that doesn't have wedding already attached to it. Do, do not rob Peter to pay Paul. Uh, don't go crazy. I, I, I see a lot of times uh, people in the emotion of their child getting married saying, well, I'm, I'm willing to do anything for my child. So certainly I'm willing to make a bad financial decision to, uh, to make that happen. So... Uh, I digress. So single to married. So let's talk about that. If I'm going from being single to being married, the first thing I want to do is sit down with my future spouse and say, what are what are the goals that we have? What do we want to accomplish together? And then based on those goals, I want to put together a budget. And you hear us 
use the B word all the time on this show, but that's the that's a big deal. What are we trying to accomplish, and what resources do we have to allocate towards accomplishing that? And then third, and I wouldn't necessarily do it in this order, but I'd hire a financial planner. I would sit down and say, look, these are my goals. This is our budget. Will this work? And what are we missing? And so I'm going to run through real quick just the six areas of financial planning and talk about why they matter and what you want to be thinking about. So you think about your present financial position, area number one. I want to have a budget. I want to have a cash flow statement. I want to give give every dollar a name. And then I would encourage you, if you are two incomes that are going to be joined under the same roof, I would would challenge you right now, pick one of the incomes and live on that one. Make a budget for that one, and then take your your goal planning and the other things you want to achieve, and do that for um, for the other income. And then your personal your I I see you there, Mike. Your protection planning. Make sure you load up, especially if you're healthy, on load up on term insurance and whatever type of insurance is right. Tax planning. Your tax your whole tax situation's going to change. Investment planning. Make sure that the way your investments are structured. It's it's complementary. Uh, retirement planning. Think along the lines, not just retirement planning, financial independence, and education planning. And then lastly, estate planning. Make sure that you've uh, now included this new person in your estate planning documents, and their their name is throughout not only your the beneficiary designations, but they are authorized to make decisions on your behalf, et cetera. Okay, Mike, what's the third life transition? I heard you kind of chomping at the bit over there to get in on this. Yeah, no, the third transition is going from being married to having kids. And I can speak just personally here. That was the most difficult financial transition that we experienced. It's a huge one because you're still a young adult and you're trying to figure out, I mean, your cars are old, so you need to replace cars. You're probably looking at getting a starter home, but maybe making improvements to that home. You're probably paying on student loans and all of this financial strain. And then you add another mouth to feed and some diapers to change. And oh, by the way, uh, the missus probably needs to take maternity leave. So she's not getting paid during that time. You've got to pay for the birth and all the hospital visits going up to it. And who knows afterwards, uh, at least this was the case with my wife. She didn't really want to go back to work. She wasn't itching to go back to work after that. So maybe she goes part time or not at all. All those are big financial strains. Josh, what are you laughing at? (laughs) I was just wondering if Cindy lets you refer to her as the missus. The missus. Oh, yeah. No, she doesn't. Thankfully, she doesn't listen to the show. (laughs) (laughs) Diapers always run out in between paychecks, too. That's right. It, It never runs out on payday. It's always in between paychecks. I think they've actually packaged them that way, but that's just me. So really quick, the big areas and uh, that you need to focus on financially is the budget is huge and being proactive with the budget and having discussions about how will income change, how will these expenses change. Saving up for college is another big one. A lot of people are really motivated when they have their first child to start saving for college. And then finally, your estate plan probably needs to take a look. You need to look at that when you have a kid too and add them as beneficiaries or update your will or create a will. I was in the store a couple of months ago and brand new baby coming out and she's like, hey, go ahead and pick up that formula to the guy. And he went and he grabbed and he looked at the price. He goes, 
holy <laughs> yeah he's like oh my god that's expensive and she's like well yeah it's food yep. <laughs> is this so, negotiable honey is this it. negotiable do we need this <laughs> not everybody does the uh, the formula thing but uh, that that's the big i mean diapers are expensive and everything else that goes along with it but formula really hits a lot of people so josh what is the fourth life transition well, this is when those expensive kids get crazy expensive. When you go from child rearing to sending them off to college, all right? This is a big transition. This is where the weeping starts happening with the moms and the dads get the little quivering lip and everything. It's hard, but um, it, it's often a place where we see uh, families making mistakes as they send their kids out. One mistake, for example, is sending your kids out of your house and not having them equipped with good financial skills. You know, it's it's your job, not the colleges, not the schools, not their future employer, to teach your kids how to manage money and to resist some of those temptations that we were talking about earlier on the show, like loading up on credit card debt when you're you're off at school. But in addition to that, just the, the function of getting your kids into college and funding that college. Unfortunately, there's uh, a, not a lot of parents who do enough steering their children, their students, to help them make a wise investment decision related to college. You have to view college as an investment. It's got to be something that is going to pay dividends. It's going to have a return on that investment. So the, the decision of where you go to school and what you study is the primary driver of that. So, you know, paying attention to what kind of skills you're going to go learn that are actually marketable and can earn a living um, for you, that's that's important. Not enough decision or not enough discussion, rather, goes into that uh, type of decision. As evidence of that, you know, how many students out there take six years to get through school? It, it's most, right? Most. I mean, that's the, majority, that's the average. Yeah. yeah, the average right now is six years. It is not four to get a bachelor's. Yes. Yeah. but And 47% don't finish. Right. Yeah. 47%. So, so why is that? It, it may be a lack of direction or a lack of clarity on what their career should be, why they're even there to begin with. Some maybe should have taken some time before going to college to figure those types of things out, whether that's, you know, joining a trade initially or, um, you know, joining joining the armed forces, who knows. But coming out of school with too much debt is the other result of that, not just spending too much time in college, but uh, you, you're loaded up with debt that really holds you back or holds your kids back in this case from really getting a good start in life. So I would encourage families to really develop an education funding plan. We're going to unpack that more in a future show, but helping them establish the right incentives to do their part and then you being real clear on what your contribution to their college ought to be. The other uh, two things I would throw in there would be get a power of attorney and healthcare representative. I mentioned it earlier. Get that in place for your kids so that you have the ability to come to their rescue if something goes wrong in their life. And finally, tax planning. It's tax season here. This needs to be on your radar screen. Make sure you have a plan to take advantage of all the tax credits out there so that uh, you're getting any of the dollars on the table that could help support your kids in college. And once again, we want to remind everybody that we're talking about the seven life transitions that are going to change how your financial well-being is going to be adjusted throughout most people's lives. And this is just the primer episode. We're giving a quick overview of all seven of those transitions. In the next several weeks, each show that we do is going to focus on one of these in great detail. So we're giving you the overall picture. Tune in next week. We're going to go over one of these seven life transitions with specifics and details. 
If you miss an episode, shame on you, but that's okay. We got you covered. <laughs> Wisemoneyradio.com. You can listen to previous episodes if you happen to miss one of them, especially one that might be of most interest to you. So we've got more. We left off on the fourth live transition. We've got five, six, and seven coming up. You're listening to Wise Money with Core and Financial Group here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson here. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, Josh Gregory joining us. I want to remind you that if you need financial advice, Corhorn.com, that is Corhorn with a K. You can also go to our website at wisemoneyradio.com. Leave your question there. Also listen to previous episodes. Today, we're doing a primer on the seven life transitions that will change your financial well-being or your financial picture. And these are the things that are most common with people that almost everybody's going to run into. There's obviously other stuff out there that will uh, impact certain people's lives, too. But we left off uh, at uh, number four. But So now we got to go to number five. So I want to remind everybody, in the coming weeks, we're going to focus on these in detail. So each week in the coming weeks, we'll have one of these life transitions. And again, that's college years to your career, single to married, married to having kids, kids enter, entering college, and now we have left off at number five. So, Kevin, what is that fifth transition that is a big life transition for people out there? Number five is the kids in college. I'm going from having kids in college to being empty nesters. All the kids are graduated, and it's just me and my spouse at home. And so then the question is, well, what now? Everything Spend has... all of your money on a man cave. <laughs> <laughs> all of it. <laughs> Best investment ever. <laughs> so after the man cave is built out, you want to you want to sit down with your spouse and say, what next? I would say, update your bucket list. Mm-hmm. Say, what do we want to do? We have a, a finite amount of time on this earth, and no one's promised tomorrow, but as, as we look out towards the future, what do we want to do? It's a great time to hit the reset button. Don't get one of those reset buttons with in the Russian language because it's easy to goof up. But I, Usually I, mis, yeah, mispronounced. Yeah, so I, w- I would encourage you to hit the reset button and say, okay, it's we are entering a new phase, a new chapter, and we need to write this chapter. And we need to really, it's, it's almost like a, 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 an excellent batter walking up to the plate and they point to the field that they're going to hit the ball to. That's what you want to do with your life. So the kids are now out of college. I, I am I am declaring this is what's next. This is what we're going to do. And Lord willing, these are the things that we want to accomplish financially. These are the places that we want to go. Uh, the kids are out of college. We want to go with Casey to Ireland. We want to do something really cool. What are those things on the list? And then again, at the risk of sounding like a, a broken record, you go back to the budget and say, okay, how how are we going to do this with the budget? And when are we going to retire? I, I met with a, a fellow yesterday, and he said, well, I know I'm going to have to work until I'm 66. And he's he was 59. And I said, well, I would agree. But if you really, really, really want to achieve your financial goals, think in terms of you working till 70. And he said, well, I knew I probably would have to, but I, I, I really didn't even want to say it. 
And I said, okay, well, I'll say it for you. Because if you declare it now, the next 11 years can be pretty awesome. But if you're going to have seven years where you're planning on retirement and then you have to push it out further, it's, it's going to be kind of painful. So I would encourage people to revisit their financial plan and, and take a look at, at your retirement plan. Am I ahead? Am I behind? Am I right there where I need to be in my progress towards retirement? And then how do we marshal our resources to do the cool things that we want to do now that the kids are out of the house? If we're both still alive and we have our health, let's do those some of those things now. Let's also uh, just really, really get serious about our retirement plan. All right, Mike. What is the sixth life transition that we're talking about today? Yeah, that's great advice, Kevin. And that's a, that, that's the segue into number six, which is transitioning from being an empty nester into retirement. That's one of the biggest financial goals most people are pursuing. They're thinking about it all the time. And so now is when that actually happens. It's a pretty emotional time, but a pretty nerve-wracking time as well as it relates to your finances. So the key areas in your financial life that you need to address is that B word again. It kind of shows up in every one of these phases, but adjusting your budget to figure out, all right, how much do we need to spend to, to meet all our bills and all of that? And then the second thing that you need to address is where is that, where's that money going to come from for your spending? What's your income plan? So those are kind of direct. Hopefully, as you're preparing for this big transition, you're thinking about those things. Two other points or other areas of your financial life that you really need to focus on that people often don't think about initially. And the first one is taxes. When you transition into retirement, your tax picture changes immensely. And you're going to want to make sure that you're proactive and you're aware of that so you optimize it. And, and, and the third is your overall estate plan. At this stage in life, you're probably, you know, kids are probably grown up. Your old will that had the kids maybe with a guardian in there and all that, you probably need to take another look at that and, and make an adjustment. Now, we're going to talk about number seven, but I think we need to save it for next segment because number seven is going to be a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow, I think. Um, and unfortunately, it's a reality. And I think we need to talk about it. And again, I want to remind everybody that these are the seven life transitions that most people are going to encounter in their life. It is not all of the life transitions that are going to change their financial their financial picture, but it is the most common. And this week is just a primer. So in the following weeks, we're going to address each one of these in detail, very specific, one each week. So just stay tuned. This is just the introduction and the primer to that. Over the next several weeks, we'll address them in much more detail. So if you're like, oh, go back to that one. Life transition number four is big. That's where I'm at right now. That's great. Uh, we will get to that when we actually do that show in the coming weeks. You're listening to Corhorn Financial Group. Excuse me. You're listening to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Wise Money deserves wise legal counsel. Powered by Ledoux, Curran, and Keene. On the web at lck-law.com. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. And we are talking about the seven important life transitions that change your financial picture. And we've already talked about the first six. College years to your career. Single to married. Married to having kids. Kids entering college kids in college and becoming an empty nester and then of course you go from working to retirement or empty nester to retirement however you want to phrase that we left off at the very last one and this one uh is probably the most difficult for a lot of people i think to foresee potentially happening 
But number seven, Josh, is what? Well, it's definitely the hardest to talk about, in my opinion. Um, it's the transition from married to single again. And, you know, the only two ways that I know that a marriage can end is either by divorce or by death. And uh, either one of them can happen at any point. The way we've laid this out, it, you would almost think that all these transitions happen in a sequential order. And um, unfortunately, this is one that could happen at any time. You could get divorced um, as really the fifth major uh, transition that you go through, or your spouse may pass away early on in the process. Not every widow out there is 85 years old, right? So, you know, if, if we kind of think through what would help this transition be easier, you know, with divorce, I, I don't have great uh, recommendations on how to make that one easier. It, it just sucks, right? And a lot of people have said, well, death is easier than divorce because it's so painful and you still keep on needing to interact with that person, especially if you're still raising kids together. But so, so rather than talk about how to get ready for divorce, I, I would rather get people thinking about what am I doing to prevent it, right? The preventative medicine. And I, I would just kind of ask the question, are you investing in your marriage right now? And there are some people that are more vulnerable to a divorce than others. There's some stages of life that are statistically more likely to, to face those marital stressors. Often, divorce comes when you're transitioning into that empty nester. Because there are some people, the marriage has been fracturing for a long time, but they've been keeping it together until the kids are out of the house, and then they decide to, you know, divide and go their separate ways. And, um, you know, if you're not doing something all along, through the child-rearing years especially, when it's especially uh, stressful, it's difficult, you have kids kind of pulling you apart at times, then the risk is that the relationship is deteriorating slowly, and that has major financial implications. Death, on the other hand, is obviously something that um, none of us can prevent, but it is something that is easier to plan ahead for. You know, having things in place in your financial life like life insurance, and I would encourage people to have more life insurance than they think they need because um, there's always more needs that pop up for that uh, widow or widower to, to deal with. But also leaving behind, if you were to pass away tomorrow, are you leaving behind a team of advisors that can rally around your surviving spouse and help make sure that they are guided well when their head is just completely foggy and they're grieving and nothing makes sense to them anymore? Um, another one would be leaving a written guide behind. And I'm not just talking about a financial plan here. I'm talking about practical things like how to mix the gas for the lawnmower, if that's what you've been dealing with and your spouse wouldn't know how. Or, um, you know, I was thinking the other day, my wife handles all of the doctor appointments for our kids. And I know who the doctors are, but, um, you know, where all the records are and whatnot, you know, that's something that's been her, her gig. So, and, and then finally, another way to prepare for the eventuality that you're going to say goodbye to your spouse or they're going to say goodbye to you is having your estate plan in place. We did an entire show about this, and uh, attorney Mark Graniti gave some great advice. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. Absolutely. WiseMoneyRadio.com. Now, again, those are the seven life transitions, the major life transitions that are going to have the most impact on your financial life. But we are going to go into each one of those over the next several weeks in great detail. This is a primer. This is kind of an introduction. This is what's coming up in this series. 
And so if you are looking for one of these steps in particular, just understand we're going to be doing a show totally dedicated to that here coming up in the next several weeks. We do want to get to listener questions, though. And, and before we do, we want to remind everybody that if you have a question for the guys at Core and Financial Group here on Wise Money, you can give them a call and leave a voicemail, 574-222-2000, or you can go to wisemoneyradio.com and submit your question on the website. First up is Andrea from Edwardsburg. I keep give, getting uh, phone messages from a recording saying that it's a call from the IRS. And we, we I think we talked about this uh, somewhat recently. And they are filing a lawsuit against me and that I need to call back immediately and work out a payment plan. Is this real? I am pretty concerned. Yeah, on that on that show, we had Ryan Fair, one of our CPAs, in talking about this because this scam has been around really since before tax season. There are tons of fresh scams out there relating to the IRS. And one of the things he said really stands out, and I'd, I'd share it to you here, Andrea, and that is the IRS is never going to make their first contact by phone. So you would have gotten a notice, you would have gotten some sort of letter in the mail from them stating that you've got some sort of problem. So it that's, that's a scam. If they're calling and it's just a, a recording saying, call the IRS, you've got a big problem on your hand. The other thing you said was, if you've got a big tax problem, it's probably not going to be a surprise. You probably will know about it. And so a, an alarming phone call with some threats about a lawsuit, yeah, that's a scam. Don't call them back. Certainly don't, don't uh, wire any money or send any prepaid Visa cards or something like that. Next, we have Eric from Mishawaka. I'm struggling whether I should contribute to an IRA or a Roth IRA. I'm barely into the 25% tax bracket. What do you guys recommend? I consider the 25% tax bracket to be kind of a gray area when deciding whether or not to contribute to an IRA or a Roth IRA. The basic question here is, do you think you have a better opportunity to pay tax now at a lower rate, or would it be uh, would it behoove you to wait and pay the taxes out there in the future in retirement when you think you'll be in a, a lower tax bracket at that point? So th- there's some individual uh, advice that would need to come here, but... For a lot of people, what we would encourage is actually to contribute to both the IRA and the Roth. If you contribute a little bit to the IRA, enough to help squeeze yourself back down into the 15% bracket instead of the 25, once you've made that IRA contribution, anything above and beyond it ought to go into the Roth because there's no point in trying to save yourself 15% once you're down in that lower tax bracket. So 25% by today's standards is a high tax bracket. By historical standards, it's not that bad. So you really got to pay attention to where you think you're going to land in retirement. And Eric, if you're 49 or younger, your contribution limit this year is 5,500. If you're 50 or older, you get a thousand dollars for a catch-up. So it'd be 6,500 dollars. So think every year you get a coupon, and you can fill that coupon partially with IRA, partially with Roth IRA, all traditional deductible IRA all Roth IRA, whatever makes the most sense. But there's a pretty good chunk that you have to work with. And for 2015, you have until April 15th of 2016 to get that contribution made. And again, you're listening to Wise Money with Core and Financial Group. We're in the listener question portion of the program. Scott and Granger, unfortunately, it looks like I'm going to owe quite a bit on my taxes this year. What, if anything, can I do about it? And will I need to start paying quarterly taxes now? Yeah, sorry about that, Scott. Uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, are facing that just 
being around the tax season, uh, boy, every year for the past 15 years, yeah, a lot of people wake New up. New health care you know, yeah, implications this year, nasty, too. Yeah. And, yeah. So, so there may still be time for you to do something about it. And so I would, I would consult a CPA or better yet, a financial planner. I had an experience with a client of mine last year. He came in to meet with Ryan, get his taxes done, and the deal with the Affordable Care Act stuff really hurt him. And, and he was about $10,000 over on where he needed to be for his healthcare uh, credits and all of that. And we were able to look at some pretty outside the box thinking and ideas and we're able to get him underneath that threshold so he didn't have any penalties or anything. It was huge. And I'm not guaranteeing that his situation's pretty unique. He's a small business owner, but there's still some, probably some options that you have before April 15. So sit down with a professional and talk through those, those options. If you do owe, now for this coming year, you could change your withholdings. You might need to do a, a quarterly estimates, but I wouldn't think of that immediately. I'd rather have you change your withholdings. Uh, I got one, one, just one quick one here. John from Granger. I think my wife and I contributed a little bit too much money to our HSA last year. Is there any tax penalties, and uh, what do I need to do to fix it? Believe it or not, the HSA deduction is uh, is up to the limit that you can do. If you accidentally put more in, there's no penalty of having that in there. You just don't get any additional tax break if you contributed more than the limit. So a lot of people, believe it or not, just don't keep track of how much they deposited into their HSA. I would make sure you keep track of that. But if you happen to go over, you just you, you only get to deduct the maximum amount that the IRS says you're allowed to deduct. You don't get any extra benefit for having the dollars in there. Okay, sounds good. Want to remind everybody that today we went over the seven major life events that are going to impact your financial life. In the next week and several weeks, we're going to focus on each one of those every single week in great detail. So today was just kind of a primer. So if you're listening and you're going, I didn't get enough information about this, don't worry. It's coming. We're going to do it. So you're going to have to listen to this entire series. Do you want to remind you that if you miss an episode that was particular of importance to you, go to wisemoneyradio.com. You can listen to podcasts from previous episodes up there every single week. They're posted the weekend that the show airs. Also want to remind you that if you give us a call and leave your question on voicemail at 574-222-2000, it can end up on the show just like some of the listener questions today. You can also submit those questions by going to wisemoneyradio.com. As always, if you need financial planning help or tax help or what have you, please go to corehorn.com. That is corehorn with a K. And what is the number to call you guys again? 574-247-5898. There you go. We recommend you get their services or good people. All right, folks, you've been listening to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. For Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, Josh Gregory, I'm Casey Hendrickson. We hope you have a great weekend. Tune in next week as we dive into each one of these seven stages week by week in great detail. That'll have the biggest impact on your financial life uh, going forward. Uh, we appreciate you listening. we got uh, more coming up here on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Securities are offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Financial advisors offer advisory services through KFG Wealth Management, LLC, doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC, Corhorn Financial Group, KFG Insurance Agency, and KFG Tax and Business Services are separate entities from Securities America, Inc. Tax services provided by KFG Tax and Business Services and insurance services provided by KFG Insurance Agency. Listen again next week to Wise Money on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel.